This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hey guys, welcome to Reality Bites, a podcast about sex, love, relationships, and dating in the digital age. <laughs> Mike's doing it along with me, you guys. I'm Courtney Kosak. I'm Steve Hernandez. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, it's just, she just starts off every intro with this preposterous voice, but then she like slowly gets it. <laughs> it's not. Hi guys. It's my natural voice. <laughs> Hi, mom. Good to see. How are you and dad doing? That's not a natural voice. You don't talk to your parents like that. We're talking about sex, Steve. Yeah. Not yet. We're just introing the show. Um, okay, so... Now, you told me you met some couple when you went to Joshua Tree. Yeah, I want to tell you about it. All right. So, Wade and I went to Palm Springs for my birthday, and then we went to Joshua Tree, and we were at Pappy and Harriet's, and there was a big fucking Did you do line. any psychedelics? No. Why'd you go to Joshua Tree? You're not going to do some mushrooms. Look at real estate, baby. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> um, so, which was trippy. Uh, we were waiting at Pappy and Harriet's, which uh, we've stopped at a couple times. It was a Saturday it's, night? It's fun. Uh, it was like Sunday on the way home. And it was busy? It was so busy. That place is randomly busy all the time. So we were like out in the back, like having a drink and waiting and it was like an hour wait or something crazy and there were these two people wait a minute i'm so sorry it's a restaurant pappy and harriet's is like in pioneer town yeah yeah but you, guys you said we're, we're having a drink waiting for what yeah pappy so there's a restaurant part of it okay a so big... you're waiting for the restaurant yes okay so we were waiting in line to eat um and so we were like in the back part and there were these two people that i was vaguely aware of um Finally, they got called, you know, we're like, when are we going to get called in? Finally, they got called in and Wade made a joke to the the guy about like, um, you know, you want to add us to your table or whatever. And the guy was like super gregarious and he was like, yeah, come on in. Or I'll tell him, you know, you're my niece and nephew or, you know, whatever. So we wound up sitting with them, which was really sweet and generous. And then we find out it's their first date. Oh, wow. And like, she's like probably... Late 50s, early 60s. I don't know. She seemed like his mom's age, maybe. And the guy was... Wade was like, that guy was in his 70s. I don't know how old the guy was, but they were like, you know... They are like gram- grandma and grandpa. Yes, yes. Okay. They were so sweet. Um, and and it's their first date. They, they met on like Zeus or something. I had not even... We were like, we met on Tinder. I don't know. I don't know what you're even talking about. Um, I think Zeus was the uh, Google... Um mp3 player <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like that whatever very similar yeah um and she was from joshua tree and he was like from like i don't know like an hour away we had a super nice dinner with them and then i got her number because i was like i want to find out what happens on this date so i texted her the other day and it's been like i don't know a week or something um, but she was like, oh, here she is. 
I was like, what, what happened? How was the rest of your day? Mm-hmm. And she was like, I spent the night with him last night. He made my birthday amazing. But he also told me we live an hour away from each other. And then she was really sweet. She was like, I'm so thrilled that you contacted me. Like, I was wondering what was going to happen. And then I was like, if he brings that shit up again, you tell him what's an hour if you like each other and you're having fun. So see, ladies, there's no hope. Even when you get older, (laughs) there's these 70-year-old fuck boys who who will have sleepover, have sex with you, and then talk about how long the drive is. Yeah. Yeah, like he knew going in. Of course he knew. He drove the hour. What else you got to do when you're 70? I just think like, man, you can't find anything in town? <laughs> well, Joshua Tree's is a pretty small town. I mean, but there's a, there are a lot of seniors, right? Yeah. And Palm Springs and whatnot. It was just so interesting to see two people that had already been married twice each go on their first date together. Did they seem comfortable with each other? Yeah. You know what was interesting is it seemed like they messaged a lot more before they went on. Obviously, it's like a commitment to go on this date when someone lives that far away. But um, they had done a ton of messaging um, and, like, knew a lot about each other. Because I was, like, you know, we were, like, joking around with them. And then I would ask her a question then and be, like, I'll do your job for you or whatever. <laughs> and he was, like, I already know that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, anyway, they that were really. Like a sweet little experience. It was so sweet. I didn't know they were older when you hinted at this. Or, I mean, when you said that, I thought this was going to be a swinging type situation. Oh, no. And I was, like, Yes. That would have been great. But now you just got a boring old people story. Oh, what do you got? What do you got? Uh, nothing. Uh, just want to tell everyone, uh, I, I did film a, a field piece for the new Sarah Silverman show. Whoop, whoop. I Love You America. That should, I don't know when it's coming out. On who? Maybe it might not make the cut. But I just want to encourage everyone to watch Sarah Silverman's uh, I Love You America. I saw the first episode. Did you see it? No. It just came out yesterday. It's great. I'm sure it's great. No, but it's like surprisingly because they show they show a cock. I mean, she shows a cock in it and they show boobs. But she's like, oh, we're streaming so we can do anything. And for an example, here's these people just sitting on in, in the audience. And there's just a guy sitting there. And she's like, make sure you get his dick. And it just focuses in on his dick. And That's he's like, so yeah, funny. They're, they're like, great dick, Chris. He's like, thanks. <laughs> and uh, they show the woman and everything. So, I, I mean, I was laughing I was, you know, things that get made for television, sometimes you don't know how it's going to be. Uh-huh. But the whole thing is is really great. And uh, I'm so thrilled to be a part of it. And uh, so just keep your eye out for that. Uh, Sarah Silverman's I Love You, America. Watch it on Hulu. I'm trying to promote it as much as possible. But uh, when, When's your episode come out? I don't know. I know uh, I saw, I'm probably going to have to do some voiceover stuff for it. Uh-huh. So it could be as late as... It premiered yesterday. There's only 10 episodes. It's going to be... The latest it'll air is early December, but I just want to encourage everyone because it's such a great show. Great writers. Uh, I had such a great experience. Everybody was so cool. My stuff is is a lot about being Mexican, and uh, the crew was very differential to me. They didn't make me do anything. They were just very respectful about that. You know what I mean? They so, weren't like, do the stereotype, yeah, man. Do the well, stereotype. Well, no, not, not that for sure, but even uh, the director's name's Ted would say like, eh, what do you think about this? Is it too corny or something? I'd be like, yeah, Ted, too fucking corny. <laughs> Whatever, he's like, all right. Like he just knew. But uh, Sarah's so great. The whole experience has been so great. Watch the fucking show. Um, it's every Thursday. On it's every Hulu. Thursday. It comes out a new one every Thursday. But it, I don't even know. I think they drop it maybe at 5 p.m. Pacific time. But uh, watch the first episode. It's funny because my dad's been texting me back and forth. That's my dad cute. bought Hulu as soon as I told him I got on the show. 
and uh, he was asking me, but he messaged he messaged me like at five thirty. I think he he's been waiting. So right when it came out, he saw it and he gave me a big long three paragraph review. He's like, I think it's for the everyman. This show may succeed. He was just like that. And I was like, Dad, of course it's going to be a success. It's Sarah Silverman. Everybody loves her. She's a genius. You should send her that text. That's so cute. Uh, <laughs> I think it's for the everyman. She's yeah, like, yeah. She's like, I really think it's going to do well. I was like, yeah, the only reason this show is not going to keep happening is if Sarah doesn't want to do it anymore. Because it's so good. And it, she's a genius. But it's... Uh, the first episode, she uh, goes to meet a, a family in Louisiana who's never met a Jewish person and who are Trump voters. Mm. And... It was very, it's very interesting because she doesn't really press him that much. She does a little bit, but she's also like, and I think that's why she's doing the show is she's like, we can all have different opinions, but there's no reason for us to be mean to each other. Yeah. And I know that sounds like, um, that maybe that sounds naive or something, but I also don't, do you know people used to they, disagree in the fifties? People used to disagree about politics and just not talk about politics and there would be good people. Yeah. I also think uh, the like, you must agree with me or I can't talk to you really shuts the door on any sort of like movement that some people could make. Yeah. Because they say like the the best way for someone to like overcome their, you know, views on abortion or, you know, uh, homosexuality or whatever is like being exposed to you know, people that have gone through that experience or live that identity or whatever. Um, and yeah, I think I think it's genius what she's doing. It's great. Well, you know, she talks to a woman who is a is birther, basically. She thinks that Obama wasn't born. Ooh. And yeah, I mean, she doesn't press. I mean, she doesn't press her that much. She does press her like, come on, you, you're, you know, you're. But she was just like, I don't know, I think. And she was kind of laughing, but she obviously believes Barack Obama was not born in America. Sarah was like. He was born in Hawaii. There's pictures of him when she's a little kid. And the woman was like, I don't know. But then that same woman, a few seconds later, says, oh, but I'm like pro-gay. Love is love. Everyone should be together. So I think what Sarah's trying to do is that, you know, there's like different shades of different kinds of people. And I, I personally just believe that I, I don't really, I know this sounds crazy. And I know I defend a lot of, I know, we, you know, we have a lot of LGBT people here um, that I, I think, yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. There's there's people who believe certain things that are good people that conduct their lives in a very good way. Um, but if they are if they are hateful towards gay people, fuck them, I guess. <laughs> so I was gonna try to stand up for like those kind of people, but with gay stuff particularly and race stuff. Um, no, listen. All those. I mean, a lot of the really conservative beliefs. I'm gonna go on record are dam damaging. Yeah. To you know, people that those beliefs are applicable to. You know what I mean? Like, like hating gay people or like. But I mean, then maybe this woman believes part of what makes her believe she's a birther or the reason why she's a birther is because there's some kind of underlying racism there. That's what I mean. So when maybe some people would watch that and say, oh, this lady's being racist and she's not pressing them hard enough. So I, I don't know. That, that's what I mean. I guess it does get complicated a little bit. But I know Sarah's intention really is to say we're not that different. If you put uh, yourself, if people talk to each other, mostly people are good to each other. That's a perfect segue for what we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah. How so? Polyamory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all about communication. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad. You know, ever since I started doing episodes, I feel like every like 
six or seven is a poly thing, but uh, I do think it's important to to talk about. You're right because it is about communication, and it is about. Um, and like Eli, so our guest is Eli Olsberg, and he's so articulate on the on the matter. I feel like oh, he yeah, really he's... like expresses the point of view in a way that really like you can totally relate to, even if. Like, I, I feel like I'm pretty hardwired monogamous, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I get all that, you know? Well, he's also very lucky. I didn't get a chance to ask him this on uh, on the microphone, but um, to have a partner like Gabby Dunn, too, is like, it's hard to be a guy and to talk about poly things and to not have people make you feel like a creep uh-huh. or to even think yourself being, to be a creep as well. Uh-huh. But Gabby is also so out there and so fun and... Uh, so welcoming and she's so articulate herself that you go oh wow of course oh this is great for them when normally i feel like people look at poly couples and be like oh the guy's just trying to make her do it i think women i think people generally think that always oh yeah i remember when they first started when she was like i know i just started seeing this guy and i was like ah that's an interesting match. That's yeah, a good. Oh yeah, well, yeah. I, could, I just thought they were friends. I couldn't believe that uh, Eli landed such a babe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've known Eli forever, and then I was like, "Oh, they must just be friends." He was taking pictures of her, and he's like, "Now nah, I'm dating." I was like, "What? Oh my god! <laughs> this chick must really like be into deep guys because Eli." I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's beautiful. He's got beautiful eyes. I love you, Eli. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys but, can fall in love too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eli's the best. Follow him at Eli Ellsberg and go to his show. Um, if you're in L.A. at the Pleasure Chest. Yeah, it's called, uh, play, was it Anxiety? Uh, performance per- Anxiety. Performance Anxiety. Speaking of Pleasure Chest, we are, uh, Steve and I are doing a live show uh, with Jacqueline Friedman. Um, she hosts the Unscrewed podcast. That's going to be on November 30th. I'm sure we'll be posting a bunch of stuff beforehand, and we'll let you guys know how you can come see it. But, you know, have that on, in mind, too. Ready? Yeah. Here we go. You guys, I am super excited. We are super excited. Right, Steve? Yeah. About today's guest, Eli Olsberg. Hello. Very hilarious stand-up comedian. Oh, thanks. Poly advocate, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if I've got. I guess yes, yeah, sure. I'll call myself an advocate. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't think a, you're an advocate. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's really hard to like take those titles on. I feel like because it's like it just depends on what my week's like. Educator. Let's say. Ed, yeah, sure. Well, it's in. It, it's just my material and stuff. I think is the advocacy. That's yes. the way I look. Yeah, he's just so a freak, I, man. That's all. Yeah, yeah. He's, no, the, he's the only other guy. Uh, Eli's the only other guy I, I met out and doing stand-up stuff. Is just like, oh yeah, I'm a freak, and I think it's been detrimental to us both really? in a way. Yeah. yeah. I, except, but coming around now, now that we've uh, you know figured out who our identities and stuff, now it's working out, but. Uh, yeah, early on, I think it was a big, I mean, not a big mistake. Um, I really respect when people are like talking about their shit really openly. Yeah. And, but you, you got to remember stand up comprises mostly of like 28 year old, especially out here in LA. It's not the romantic thing. There's a lot of like guys who are like from the Midwest and have good relationships with their parents. So the idea of going sure. to a sex party, yeah. uh, they, it just freaks them out. Well, it, it's, it, I think it's something that like, until I think uh, social media, I think can account for some of this. Yes. Like prior to that, I think stand up definitely didn't have that benefit. And Steve, like I would say, more so out of the gate than I did, started talking about this stuff. It took me like I don't think I I really started opening up with those that kind of material until about three years in. Even if I told like a story or 
something along those lines, it still had, I still had like a self-consciousness about it. Mm. And then, and every bit you could almost see, I feel like, uh, from 2012 ish till about now, you can almost see the evolution. Like my bits evolved more. Steve, you came right out of the gate and it was a bad idea (laughs) (laughs) because you have to be pretty good to like figure out a lot of the things, but I was bad like everyone when you start. So to tell a story about, um, you know, like a guy being in an open marriage. Like, yeah, or being in an open marriage or polyamorous and that kind of stuff. Nobody's going to get it. I mean, Eli has very uh, has a very good bits now about being in open stuff and poly stuff. But he's a good comic now. I mean, I was trying to do that stuff two or three years in, and I had no business doing it's, it. It's hard. Yeah, it's Because it's hard. hard when you're a good comic because people don't understand. It's so weird yeah. to them. Some of the bits, some and the bits you're referring to, thank you for saying that, was like, but a lot of those still have... I, there's rooms where I can just feel it's going to be weird. Even in uh. even in places like LA, there's just going to be some rooms that aren't going to have it. And uh, and you kind of have to just let it happen because it's it reminds you also that you are... Like even LA, people call it a bubble. And I'm sure 90% of the rooms it does do well in. Uh-huh. But I've still been in rooms where people are clearly uncomfortable. And thankfully, I, th- I think what he's saying also, like part of doing comedy long enough has let me work my way around it. Because also a lot of my material is like, d- part of it's obviously defense mechanisms, but I'll tell the audience, I'm like, if I can tell from the beginning, they're not on board, I'll say, if you guys don't like this bit, it's five more minutes. So like, it's up to you how weird you want to make it. <laughs> like, I'll tell them, like, I've already told this joke in like, Port St. Lucie, Florida, like it's not, and that's a much harder crowd than you guys. So like, this is Silver Lake, I think I can handle it, you know? I think there's actually audio of it recently. I did a show that like, where the stand-up's recorded as a podcast and that happened. I was like, if you guys are gonna be weird about this, this is like fucking Franklin Village. Like, you're not allowed to be weird about it. It's cool. It's cool that you're talking about it. I um, So you are dating a former guest of the podcast. Are mm-hmm. you? Yeah. You and Gabby Dunn? Yes. Yeah, that's my girlfriend. I'm just going to announce it. To- yeah, 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 you can put it out. It's out. She's already put it out there. So I saw see. you guys do a really cute video this morning. I was like watching. Did you put something out today? That uh, was she like- put it out yesterday on her channel. Her- she put it on her personal channel, not the uh, not the JBU channel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we did do a video. She wanted to do a video about polyamory for a while, like a Q&A vlog, essentially. It was so cute. Oh, thank you. I loved it. I had so much fun doing it. And the questions, her fans are awesome. They like ask such yeah. good questions that like... I was expecting a lot of like real, just because she also opened up the floodgates by putting it on Twitter. Like, hey, bring your poly questions. That like might as well just open up like one exit at Dodger Stadium and be like, everybody get out. <laughs> That's a lot. I was I was worried that it was going to be a lot of, I don't want to say basic questions, but like I just didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she obviously had to sift through that, not me, but all the questions she brought to the table were, I could tell she was doing them kind of in real time mm-hmm. from her feed were all great questions and luckily mostly came from fans. None of it really felt like trolling. Yeah. Um, and even, and I hope I'm not putting, by putting this out there, but like reading the comments section, it's mostly been positive. Like I, I didn't really, I, I try not to do it as a yes. rule to read it. I know she was like scared to look at it um, because people also like are going to judge who her boyfriend is. This was kind of, a th- you know, that's just what's going to happen. But uh, it, I thought they were all great great responses and like people were asking other questions in there as well. Yeah, really cool. I was Thank like, you. you burned all my questions, you guys. Uh, <laughs> well, I, if, if people haven't watched the video, burn through them here. They can... well, let me ask you a question. Sure. Eli, because I, I wonder about this for myself, but do you think that people are, um, 
that poly is something that that everyone can be? Do you think some people are born poly? Do you Ooh, think good it's, question. It is a good question. Because I've tried to figure that out for myself. I've been wrestling with that for a long time as well. I, I think that, because, well, because poly, like, there's an argument um, that poly isn't an identity. It's just a, it's like, well, people will say you're in a poly relationship. You're not a poly person. That's like an argument that people have. So mm. it's like, is monogamy an identity or is it just a lifestyle? I probably go to the side of the lifestyle. I also, by the way, think it's all nuanced. I just don't think there's like, there's a, there's a definite answer totally. to any of it, but like, I would say it, it can be both. I, I, I actually identify now as poly. When I was figuring it out at first, I was like, okay, I want to pursue a poly relationship, but I think I've evolved to being okay with announcing myself as that. Uh, as far as like everybody, no, I think there's a I think there are people who are built for monogamy. I do think that exists, but it's not, uh, I just don't think as many people as there are now because so, the divorce rate's so high, people cheat so much. And I, I, I think that it's a smaller percentage than people think. Sure. But I, I've certainly met, I, I know a couple that I've known since college that I would like, they're definitely, I mean, I don't know what's gonna happen in their forties, but I'm like, oh, that's a monogamous couple. And that makes, they make total sense. But, uh, but I don't know. I think that more often than not, that's the exception. Yeah. I, I mean, we talk about it a lot on the show. And uh, I think so people have heard me like wrestle with this stuff, mm -hmm. I think. And I think that I'm like probably hardwired for monogamy. Because mm -hmm. like when you talk about like the jealousy parts of it and... I, I can't even really, do you know what I mean? It kind of makes my- Where does your jealousy come from? Is it physical or emotional or both? Both. Okay, yeah, that's that's a tough one then. That's, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, with a lot of people, for me, physical jealousy has never been an issue. I don't uh -huh. know why, I just not- When you say physical, emotional, what do you mean? Physical meaning like the idea of my girlfriend with another person. Okay, uh, or, physically. Or, physically or or yeah yeah in any capacity as a physical thing that's not what where any of my jealousy falls under that i've i, I mean i i also come from and we i think mentioned this in the video that like both both of us both gabby and i are um have compersion so like the idea of someone with another person like mm -hmm. that form of pleasure is like a, that gives us pleasure which i get you know so so it's not yeah and it's so what do you mean you get that I mean, I understand. You intellectually understand. I that. intellectually understand that that's that's kind of hot, but like yeah. in but it's like theoretically it makes sense to me, and then in practice I think I would be like. But for some people that's enough. That's what porn is entirely all about, for starters. I mean, that for a lot of people it's an avatar, but like also some people just, um, you know, like being in bed and talking about it while you guys are fucking. That's enough. Totally. So it's not, it, that's okay if that's all that, like get getting it intellectually, but not being able to handle it like emotionally. I don't, I think that's a, that's so a valid So it's probably like it. another spectrum. Right. Cause people, well, people assign that to monogamy as cheating. That's the problem with monogamy sometimes. Uh. You know what I mean? Like people will be like, well, if you have to talk about it, what's, is your relationship in trouble or is it, it no, it's not. It's like the idea of it. Or, I mean, that's why like couples sometimes watch porn together mm -hmm. or, you know, like, I don't know. I think that varies, but I think that, uh, that, yeah. So in terms of the emotional aspect of it, um, the only problems I have that I found myself having is if I feel like maybe I'm doing something that I, I could be falling short. Like if, if I'm not being there enough or, um, you know, what, what, based on my assigned role, 
mm. in the relationship. That sounds more more like scientific than it than romantic, but like I guess what I mean is making sure that I'm providing the most I can provide like within my like on a healthy level. So you're not like spread too thin to right. take care of your primary relationship. Right, exactly. Yeah. And and not being like um, well, even like, let's say if I was in a monogamous relationship, I guess that's what I mean with where my jealousy can come in. If I do, the components of jealousy I have is that if, if being in a relationship and not being able to provide a certain aspect of, of the emotion, sure. like I, I, I'm trying to think of a, of like, it hasn't happened recently. I was in a relationship in college where I remember I felt like this person was well taken care of in one capacity in a previous relationship. Mm. And I, I felt like I couldn't do that. And then maybe I realized maybe I'm not meant to do that with that person. Like it could just be compatibility. What was that thing that she was taking care of in? Well, she, I, like, oh, oh just like, like, uh, like handling a person during, say, maybe state anxiety, state anxiety, meaning like in the moment something triggers so your anxiety. So in her previous relationship, the, the person right, right, she, she was had, with. She had this boyfriend who really knew how to do that, and, okay. I, and I didn't. And so I, I don't, uh, and, and I've, I've encountered that later in relationships as uh-huh. I got older, in my, in my like mid to late 20s. But I, then I kind of, I think also was just more mature, so probably was able to. That was also like my first real relationship post high school where I had to like, re- you know, I, I don't even know if I would have known that without having been confronted with it, Sure. you know? Uh, but yeah, anything where it's like not being able to, if this person needs to be tended to for a very specific need or for a certain amount of time, like knowing that the, the, this isn't about you is sometimes I can blur the lines on that. Yeah. But I don't know if that's even exclusive to polyamory. That's just, I'm just saying that's that's where I, probably my 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 achilles heel i guess you know the the thing that i'm like i try to be the most conscious of or i feel like oh am i not doing enough and i, I don't want to mistake that for something else uh-huh. so because uh the idea of your partner being with someone else is like a turn on do you like to know more i mean because some poly relationships i'm sure there's like it's more like don't ask don't tell and then in some yeah sure i, I would argue that's more of an open relationship than a poly relationship. Where it's I mean, just like sexual stuff mm-hmm. outside the primary relationship. Mm-hmm. I, I think don't ask, don't tell is more open relationship. I, I think poly, the point of that is is that you're intentionally o- like overly communicating. My therapist asked me that once. She was like, do you like, do, do you want to know the amount you're knowing? And I was like, yeah, because that eliminates ambiguity and uh-huh. arguments. And like, that's the thing you really want to avoid is like, because I, it could just be a simple misunderstanding and that could really spiral. And, and there are multiple people involved. So it's like, you, I don't know. I think you, it, it, it could sound like it could be exhausting in that way, but I actually don't think it is because I'd rather spend a little more time talking about that, whatever the extra 10, 20, 30 minutes it takes, even if it takes an hour or two versus losing a whole day to, to letting your mind wander. Sure. I think that's, I think that's worse. Sure. Um, I know uh, with you and Gabby that uh, is it a rule or is this just how it's uh, shaken out that she is primarily just with women, right? Oh, that's just her preference. Uh, would it be different for you? You think if it was men? No, I don't think so. I, I don't. I don't know. I but, but I also don't want to say. Actually, you know, maybe I shouldn't say no just outright because I haven't had to deal with that uh-huh. or I haven't had to experience it. But I don't think I would because I I don't know what. It would depend on what her goal is with having another man. If it's just strictly sexual or the idea of like some, you know, like someone she just wants to spend a night with, I don't think I would have an issue with that. It, it, it's, it was just hearing you talk and stuff. I'm thinking about what would apply to me and everything like right, that. Right, right, yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I, I think 
I definitely don't mind um, physical stuff too, and I do like group physical stuff a lot. I yeah. think that's something I really like. Me Two too. guys and one girl. I think it's dope. It's Me super too. fun. I, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love it. way. Uh, you know, I've, I think I've said it on here before, but it's way better than two women and, and one guy. Yes, we have talked about. Oh my God, Gabby and I went to dinner with 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 another couple that we had talked about this. One yeah. of them said he's like, oh yeah, threesome with two guys is way better. It's like so much better, but like. It's just on so many levels. Yeah. Um, but uh, something I didn't wait. You were saying something about. Oh, one thing I did want to. I didn't want to forget this is that even though it is primarily women, people will often assume on like on a. I, I guess it's a stigma, but like that that's not threatening because it's another gender, and that's wrong because she's she's fully bisexual and and I and she can feel the feels with a woman. I I uh-huh. I see it happening. So you know what I mean? Like it's not a. It's not a bad thing. It's just that um, she, where it's advantageous, isn't that it's just two separate genders. I think it's that she's getting two different things out of the relationship, right. which is the, the nice part. Right. So, but have, going back, sorry. Have you dealt with the having it be another man in a previous uh, polyamorous iteration? Uh, no, no, not no. yet. That's, no, it, that's the only thing I probably have no experience in because... Uh, this is my first fully poly relationship. The, any other relationship I've had prior to this, I, I've never identified as poly, and and it, it it's evolved. And I usually let the women take the lead on it because mm-hmm. I don't ever want to be spited for something like for someone spiting me for going along with something. Like I'd rather them just be like, okay, I'm ready to do this, not not because I pushed on it. Yeah. And at that time, I also I didn't know what I wanted yet, so I was figuring it out, and then. Um, between relationships, I would go out and kind of uh, have more fun to figure out what I liked. I, when I went to when I started going to sex parties, um, I, I like really exploring them on my own. Let's talk about that, Eli. Sure. Yeah. I'm trying to remember when I first met you. You you weren't doing that. What was the thing? What was the impetus for that? When do you remember when you started to be curious about? Any of because I, I knew you and Jake had a pretty big podcast. Yes, where you would interview uh, morning, adult performers. Morning yeah, after, morning after, yeah, we would I interview that. people who worked in the adult industry, and it wasn't like exclusive to performers. It was also people behind the scenes and who worked on the business aspect. But um, it was a little. It actually wasn't too much during that. Like I was curious, but it hadn't hit me yet. It was a little while after that, and then in between relationships, the impetus was. Uh, I was single and I wanted to, what, oh, I remember I was looking on Craigslist because I was like, I was like, Fuck this is, yes, yeah. that's so funny. <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I was like, let's see, I'm like, LA casual encounters must actually be legit because it's a big enough city. I feel like LA, New York, like cities where there's just so many people, uh-huh. like it's bound to actually have a better, like rather than like being in where I'm from, South Florida, which is still a big, big town, but I remember looking on there like out of curiosity and the, and the refresh rate wasn't as high. And I was looking on there and I would see ads for parties and people going to like, a, couples going to adult theaters. And I started looking that up on porn sites even. Like, you know, amateur stuff would show up. Oh. And at, at real sex parties you don't film, but like, uh, but even stuff that was listed with like adult theaters, they would like, some people would record it, which I don't think you're supposed to do either. But it got me, that's what got me curious. And then I started looking and I found different things. So online. sorry I, about this noise. Yeah, there's a garbage truck outside that's really making its presence known. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even know how bad it, it's going to sound, though. It might not sound that bad. Yeah, it might. From the that's true. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. But, to oh no, it's okay. So now so, I know uh, if you, if the audience doesn't know, sex parties 
uh, a lot of times uh, you have to be in a couple to, to be yes. in good is ones. Is that true? That is true. Most of the, and that's, yeah, for most of them, yes. But there are ones for single guys, and you need to pay top dollar to get in if you're a single guy. Now, really? You had to have gone to those ones first, right? Yes. Which is, well, I wanted to, because I didn't want to have to worry about how someone else felt. I yes. wanted to figure it out on my own. So I had gotten a gig um, on TV that paid very well. And my first thought was, I'm going to use because I was also working a day job. So my income was taken care of. I didn't have to like, I mean, if I, if it was just that job, this is sex party money. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, most of this will go into a savings account, like my savings account. And then I pulled a small amount out and I went to a sex party and I was like, okay, uh, this was fun. Like, this was very fun. What was it like? Tell tell the tell us about it. Well, I went on a I went on a weekday. What? And yeah, there was one that was on a weekday because I I didn't I didn't overthink it. I did it on I did it like on an impulse almost because mm-hmm. it was like if I I knew I'd been looking for a while and saw different dates, but I knew if I like was like I'll go to this one on a Saturday and just see what it's like. And uh, I didn't. You didn't want to like build it up in your head, or right? Get right, because then I would have spent the whole day, and then maybe I would have—I don't know if I would have chickened out, but uh-huh. I would have been just been like thinking about it too much through. The, it would have made the day crawl by, right? So on like a Tuesday or Wednesday night, I remember I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go," and I went, and it was at like, it was it was in the valley, but not like deep valley. It was like I think I want to say maybe North Hollywood, and uh, when I I got there too early, was it a home? No, no, a lot of them are. I've been to ones at homes, but no, this was actually a, it was like a dungeon that they rented out uh, to another, like someone else who threw the sex party. So they, I think, paid them and that person was recouping their costs. Mm-hmm. So I paid, and it wasn't even like a big, I think it was like $60, $70, which spe- relatively speaking for sex parties and single guys, that's actually cheap. Um, uh, but I got there and I, I must have gotten there at like 9.30 or 10, which it was too early. Usually play starts at like 11, even on weekdays, I guess. At night? Yeah, at night. Yeah. And so um, when I got there, it was it was pretty relaxed. Like there wasn't there wasn't much going on. How many people? Oof. I, I wouldn't I would say no more than 20, which it's a big venue. So I was not you could it felt like you were just at a party that you were too early. Like at. split gender? Or mm, I think there were more guys than girls. I think any party that allow, allows single guys, unless they have a rule where it's like no more than five single guys allow, so there are some that exist like that. Um, I remember, but in, like an hour went by, and oh, shit, were you getting scared? I well, no, I actually at that point I hadn't because there was some play happening, but very lightly, and it felt very. I don't want to say like antiseptic, but it, it didn't feel. I wasn't aroused by any means. Mm-hmm. I just it was like okay, this is happening, but then. About it after that hour went by, I just remember it was like much more crowded and all the rooms were a lot more playful. And that's when I started, like, I think I got, it was a couple who like, was like, all right, she'll do three guys. And I just happened to be standing at the right place at the right time. <laughs> so I was like, okay, great. And then I just remember leaving and I was like, it was one in the morning and I had to be up at six and I did not give a shit. Like, I just remember being very like, okay, cool. This is, this is awesome. And, uh, and then I did a venue. I don't remember wh- how this happened, but for, then I didn't go for a while just cause uh-huh. I, I, I was like too busy and I, I couldn't, I, I also, I wanted to go to like a better party and it was more expensive. I think it was like a hundred, 150 bucks for a single guy. And I was like, all right, well I'll just wait until like I'm really feeling it again and then I'll, I'll do it, which 
I don't remember how long, a while went by, but I remember I got booked to do some venue in the Valley that was just because at that point I had my stand-up show at the at the uh, pleasure chest, uh-huh. and I think a brand had built around me enough that people were like, "Oh, he would be comfortable doing this venue," and so I did some venue that throws sex parties, and I the the guy there was like, "Oh yeah, you should come back sometime. I'll uh, I'll let you in." And then um, I think I had also started dating at that point, so I I kind of steered cleared for a little bit because I didn't know what her her deal was. Like I I'd been dating kind of on and off uh-huh. differently, like. Then I got a girlfriend for a while, so I, I again was like staying away from it, and and it was a little different then too because even my material and the stuff I would do, I didn't want to bring my girlfriends into it. Like I, I don't I don't even want to like I don't want people to know because they didn't want people to know, and I had to be really respectful of that, you know. And so um, at that point, I had gone from a relationship with a girl who wanted to go to sex parties and didn't want to talk about it. And then the next girlfriend didn't want anything to do with it at all. So I kind of just was like, all right, I'll nix it for a bit. And it didn't, I it was okay at the time. That wasn't a problem. Uh, it didn't, I I don't think I'd done enough discovery, but when, after that breakup, then I really started, um, going like really hitting it hard, (laughs) like in terms of everything, like just going like, checking out stuff on Craigslist going uh-huh. to, and I, and I do think like, as long as you set your expectations to like literally zero with Craigslist. Yeah. And don't, yes. And don't budget out a whole night. Um, you can have like a lot of fun on there. Really? It's actually very easy in Los Angeles. I think so. I've poked, I've poked around, but it seems so scary. Oh, I can't imagine for, this is speaking as a guy where my biggest like thing is I could work like that. I, I just might be being tricked by a man. Right. Like that's my biggest it's problem. It's not like dangerous. You, no, no, for yeah. you, it's a real life and death. Though I will say like, I still, I had one specific thing where I was like going to a house that just looked really creepy. And I was like, it, it was a couple, but I was still like something about this feels off. So I texted my roommate. I go, hey man, I'm doing a casual encounter on Craigslist. And I gave him the address. And I was like, if I'm not back in the morning, you know where to start looking. Um, and I started doing that. I, and now if I play on my, like, cause that's a good tip. Gabby. Yes. That I highly recommend that for anybody, regardless of gender. Like I, when Gabby and I first started dating, um, I start, I would text if I went out and did something on my own, cause she likes for me to go out and do stuff on my own. I, I will text her if I'm going somewhere that I don't know if it's not through like a, a Tinder meetup mm-hmm, or like mm-hmm. a, if it's something through Craigslist where it's like a group scenario and it's not like a party. I'll, I've, I've texted her before to be like, this is where I'm at if you don't hear from me in two hours. You know what seems really like a great compatibility with, because sometimes when people talk about their poly relationships or whatever, you get the sense that like they're not equally on board or whatever. And what I love when I hear you guys talk about it is you both seem like like kind of in the same headspace about it. And that seems like crucial. It, yeah, I'm very lucky in that meeting that, this person who like was, I, I would say in some aspects more initiated than I was As to polyamory. I would uh-huh. say the part of like sex parties and the more casual stuff. Uh-huh. I like, I took her to her first party. Oh. Um, and I mean, she had done stuff before, but I like, like just a straight up party where it's like couples, that kind of thing. That was uh, something I got to introduce her to. So it's nice to where cool. like the few parts where both of us, I would say like have a little less experience um, we both kind of were able to fill in each other's blanks. No pun intended. I guess that's, that's like <laughs> I a guess. very sexual pun. Yeah. I, I do want to state, though, of course that's everyone's dream scenario, but if yeah. somebody identifies as poly and then somebody else really doesn't, 
I, I do think even in a loving relationship and stuff, to, to try to make that work, it isn't like, I think that's a loving thing to do. And I know a yes. lot of people wouldn't hear that. I've seen that a lot where people are like, oh, that she's just doing that for him or something like that. But I'm also like, yeah, well, we all do a lot of things for other people that we love. But maybe we don't like the idea right away. I do think that there, there's room for that as well. Oh, absolutely. No, I don't disagree yeah. with yeah, that. Yeah. But I do think I that... mean, obviously, you're blessed. Right, I mean, right, you know? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. no, but being... That's why I kind of addressed that thing before about in previous relationships. I think it's a lot... I also think that... For guys, this is a little easier because the, there's less stigma attached to like trying things out and mm-hmm. there's less like, but I think that it's just sometimes people on the other side of that equation don't want to say no. And then when it when it blows up in their face or it's something where it doesn't like, like uh, the fights start, it becomes ammo and things like that. And well, this is like, just basic know. like regular relationship yes. stuff when people don't understand what they want or they take things personally. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. if if you start dating someone who identifies as Polly, um, you have a right to just say, you know what, I, I really do like a lot about this person. I really love him, but I just can't do that and then walk away. But yeah. not too many people have the, the emotional some, maturity to be able to do that. That's I hard, think yeah. what you're saying is some people don't know and they go into it like wanting to, to do it for the other person because they love the other person yeah. or whatever. And then, I mean, maybe and maybe sometimes that works, but sometimes that's what can blow up in your face. Yeah, exactly. But and I so, mean, a lot, I, my point is that things blow up in your face for a bunch of things. Too. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so, yeah. That, I mean, but this is just no different. It's just, a, it's like how people choose to assign the value. That's what it... To me, the biggest thing is expectations are, that's the big, uh, I mean, that's that's why I, I think most relationships in general, regardless of sex or other things, mm-hmm. why they don't work out is because of mismanaged expectations. Uh, what do you mean when you say that? Well, people, I think, just assume because you've met this person that you love, this is your person, that that's what's like, it's just going to work on the basis of that. That's already an expectation. Like love is all you need. Yeah, yeah. Or or even like saying, well, I know I'll I'll do this thing. And so uh, they'll go along with whatever it is. It doesn't have to be sexual. It could just be whatever. Like I'll, I'll, here's actually a better example. So that way people don't think it strictly applies to sexual situations. It's like work. People will like, you'll, you'll be like, okay, I need to hunker down for a few months and work. But, I, you know, so that person assumes after that, well, then the relationship's back to normal and this person is normally not like this. You have to like kind of, because then they expect that the relationship's going to go the other, like the pendulum's going to swing the other way, that it's suddenly going to become this, like, you guys are going to concentrate so hard on each other. <laughs> and it's like, well, if you've been together five years, uh, like, what does that really mean? Like, are you still going to have those expectations? Like, it, it just depends on what, uh, you know, after the honeymoon period, that's when you, that's, that's when you really start to learn your shit. Yeah, and that's a that's Ooh. another interesting thing too. Um, you guys were Polly the whole time. Yeah, I I I really do think it's very hard to be Polly um, when it's you're falling in love with someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that when you're in that uh, the new relationship energy shit. Oh yeah, it's hard to not be jealous, even if you're not normally a jealous person, because your body's pumping you full of love. Drugs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> did you find I, yourself struggling with that in any way? Well, you may or may not. Early on, yeah, no, 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 I have. Um, yeah. Early on, when we started dating, we weren't we were still in that phase where we were very like obsessed with each other. So that, that didn't, there was no, com- I didn't, you know, I didn't come in with her being with anybody else that didn't happen. But when she first started dating her girlfriend, I was like, Oh, I, I was trying to really parse out 
what's me versus what's something that I need to actually address. Mm -hmm. And so for a little while, you just, the, the key, how quickly into the relationship did you start dating someone else? Oh, not, not quickly at all. It, it was a while. We were together six for months, a year, a closer to, I would say seven, eight months. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's still, it's still relatively new, like in regards to that, but she, um, she's, I, I, you, no matter what happens, you just have to ride it out for a little while because you, you that's how you'll figure out, um, what's my own shit that I'm bringing to the mm -hmm. table that I need to put in check versus what's something that's worth bringing up. And I'm also lucky in that she's a very conscious person of that. She, there's no, like, I, I was worried like, oh, is she going to be, is she just going to see what she can get away with until mm -hmm. like someone reaches a limit? And that, that, that's not an indictment on her. That's just, I've come from past relationships where people, you know, like the, I have my own things with trust and like, I have to totally. really, you know, and so I just got lucky in that she is a very conscious person, person of those things. And also whenever either of us have had an issue and we brought it to the table, it, we've sorted it out pretty quickly. It hasn't been like, uh, nothing's like really been like a real blow up yet. I almost hesitate saying that on record. Cause like, then it's like <laughs> next week we're going to be like at each other, like, <laughs> you know, like Dragon Ball Z style with words. Yeah. You bring up an interesting point, Eli, and I think that's what bugs me about uh, the way people try to push traditional relationship stuff on you is that nobody's interested in being uncomfortable and nobody's interested in challenging these notions. And because we as a society accept these notions, uh, supposedly, yes. then you think that, oh, just because I'm uncomfortable for a little while, that means that I can't be in a poly thing or I can't. And but and that's what leads people to cheat. That's what leads people to lie. Yes, yes. Be because the person doesn't want to. I uh, I was last week. I was at the bar, and uh, I was after the comedy show, and I was talking to some girl for some reason. She came and sat by, and I was like, "Oh, are you dating anyone right now?" And uh, she said, "Oh, no. I'm going to tell you why right now. I just because all men cheat." And I was like, um, she, "I was like, wow, <laughs> right uh, out the gate, huh?" I was like, "Well." What I asked was, well, why does it bother you so much if some guy you're with has sex with someone else? Yeah. And I mean, that's that's the people don't ask themselves these questions. I know, but no, also she's probably speaking from one singular situation oh, that young, just sure. happened. And this is a young chick; she was 23. <laughs> I know the group of girls they hang out with. One of their friends posted at some point, fellas, on Facebook. Fellas, if you really want to know about romance, you need to start listening to country music. That was a literal oh, Facebook post that I shared with all my friends. God. But yeah, so people who have these uh, these kind of arcane ideas about romance and stuff. But a lot of people still, whether they choose to or not, you know, they're liberal, they have advanced thinking. But these ideas, it, it's important to ask yourself... Why does it bother you if you're the person you love has sex with someone else? What does sex mean to you? Right. Why do you put so much importance on it? Uh, I, I mean, these things are all good questions to ask, I think. I think so, yeah. Well, most people don't want to do that. They just want This is where the going back to the assigned value situation. Mm -hmm. This is what happens is that you assign this value to another person that this is just uh, this is salvation or this is the person that's just going to be let me be me. Um, and I don't know if that's a generational thing too, because now I hear a lot of this stuff about like, about like self-care and stuff, which is great, but also like, I feel like people are, sometimes will use this excuse of like, well, this is just how I'm built. Uh, and I'm like, well, so, okay, so you're a shitty person and that's, people are just gonna have to deal with that. Like if you're, if you don't want to change, that's fine, but then you can't get mad at this person for not meeting your expectations of being the person 
if they don't like that. I don't, it's weird. I don't know. Does that make sense? Like we're expecting too much out of our. Right, partners? right. Like they, they, oh, sorry. I got too close to the mic. Like, yeah, they think that, uh, yeah, they, they think that it's kind of going back to what you're saying, Steve. Like you're like, oh, well this person, they're not asking themselves enough questions of like, what do I need to do to be a better yeah. person? Not for someone else, just for themselves of like, how can I not feel this way? And rather they put the, um, the pressure on the other person. It's like, they should make me happy. Right, exactly. Like, like you, you know, this is what you signed up for. I'm not saying all people do that. Some people will right. be willing to look in the mirror at a certain point, even if it costs them the relationship and, you know, or just to realize, okay, that person did a shitty thing and they fucking suck. Yeah. And now, now and they're not going to put that on everybody. Um, which, you know, I'm sure in six, this person was clearly fresh out of being cheated on. So probably six months later, they're going to be like, all right, well, I'm ready to get back on the horse. Yeah. yeah, I talked to her for a while, and then I just sick Julia on her. I just said, "Talk to this girl for yeah, a while." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they did. All women fall in love with Julia, but uh, that's what a lot of things. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't think about that about Polly and stuff. But you're constantly challenging yourself to be a better partner, yeah, and to to question if you feel feelings of jealousy, if you feel uh, feelings of inadequacy, to to figure out how to deal with yourself in a way, and not putting that responsibility on your partner. Um, yes, but you you need to know what the line is, That's and there is a line you got to figure out. Yeah. yeah, and and it's not a uh, it's not easy, but I can tell you that I I am lucky in that she's she makes it easy. Like like I've definitely had like moments where. I remember I bought something up to her and she was just like, that's nonsense. This is just, I'm going to tell you why. She like broke it down. And then when I saw the other side, I was like, oh fuck now, did I fuck up by bringing, you know, like, I'm like, yeah, I was a real dweeb for doing that, you know? And she, but she just was like, she's been on that side of the equation too. So she shrugged it off pretty quickly. It wasn't like it even stuck later that night. Yeah. She seems like the perfect, I mean, she can articulate all of her like thoughts and feelings. Do you know what I mean? Like, that seems like the jackpot of polyamory. (laughs) Right. Well, yes, it it is. But she also like sometimes will in the moment, like, you know, we both, either one of us will have a statement we'll say in regards to something like if, if there's something she thinks she did wrong, she'll eventually, she circled back, even if it didn't happen in real time, because sometimes you just don't know if it's going to happen at that moment, she may see some, you know, or myself included, be like, oh, well, no, that's that's not right because of uh, uh-huh. this is why. And then realize she'll be like, okay, you know what? I I was a little bit of a dick. Yeah, or yeah. Whatever. Or, or, or I, in my case, I'll do that as well. You know, I'll be like, oh, I didn't, I said this thing and I shouldn't have and I'll, I'll apologize. Yeah. So, I, do, I do that with my boyfriend and, and I mean, yeah, those are monogamous. Things, <laughs> yeah. Well, those are things that happen in monogamy too. That's what people like, why people are like, well, I don't know if I can do polyamory. And it's like, well, you're doing parts of it already. I mean, mm-hmm. both, it's not to say that there's not overlap on both sides of it. That's where I really think that like why I wish it would just, it's not that I'm like, oh, everything should be poly or everything should be, you know, it's not like, it's like, well, just the two should just exist on the same plane because they both have a lot of overlap. But, um, but you know, yeah, you're being more, the only difference in terms of like the emotional aspect is you just, rather than dealing with one person, you're dealing with your partner and other parts. So it's like what you were saying, it's the jealousy aspect that you kind of have to, you just learn parts. I, I think it opens up your brain to more parts of like being more evolved to like, if you find yourself getting jealous in, in a poly relationship or things mm-hmm. that you're examining, you're already, I think, more ahead of other people. I think that's one of the advantages because you you are already willing to look at what yeah. you're doing right, right or wrong or what you need to be better about 
versus with monogamy, you're, I think, only gonna be like, well, what is this one person? It's just you and this other person and you guys are figuring that out. And sometimes the trickier part, I would say, is if you guys, you know, like our honeymoon period's over, we've been together a while now. Right. But but so when I remember when she first started dating um, a girl, she, I was like, I, my, my therapist actually stopped me and was like, well, she, yeah, that's the new kid on the block. What did you think was gonna happen? And I was like, oh, that's true. You know, I mean, I, I was like, that's, that immediately calmed me down. Cause I was like, oh, I did, I forgot that. Like it's our, just science. Like, it's right. Just... Exactly. Exactly. Like, like we haven't really been like that. We've been in our groove for a while now that, that, that kind of first few months that, that where the excitement just kind of overruled everything already had dissipated. And, and I wouldn't want that kind of pressure on myself either if I started dating someone else, you know? Right. Um, for, for me, polyamory also, like I haven't taken on a second relationship since we've started dating. But I also, I started looking for a bit. I remember I went on a few dates and I was like, I just don't know if I have the time because I, I I don't know what that person wants. And it's very hard to meet a person who's comfortable enough being secondary or even like, let's say that relationship evolved, still sharing this person. Like, I don't know. I think they would have to have someone else in their lives as well because I think I would be too in my head about it. Yeah, especially for people that are busy. And I know you're very busy. You have a job and you have comedy and all this stuff like that. Yeah. But I think um, the ideal situation is to have somebody else who has a primary and who is like, I want to have fun with you once a month. That's exactly, most likely what would be the case scenario for me. Or or someone who, I mean, you know, this was, uh, I, I remember I had met a girl on Tinder who had just gotten out of a relationship and I was single at the time. But we both literally met up once a week just to fuck. And it mm-hmm. was awesome because mm-hmm. she was like, she had just gotten out of a relationship and she's like, I don't want anything more. And I was at the point where I, I'd been single for a little while, but I also wasn't ready to start dating again. I was like really enjoying being single and we would just have these like very casual meets that like, and and we didn't really, t- like I was worried. I was like, well, at some point someone's gonna catch feelings and then this will, and, and we were just like, we would literally just text on Friday, like, all right, Saturday at what time? Or, cool. you know, it was like, it, that was a very specific window and that probably will not happen again for the rest of my life. <laughs> like, in je- I'm just like, wow, this was a real, a real for the moment situation. And it might not be needed at any other point in my life. Uh-huh. Like, but, but something like that would be the other exception if, if it's not a primary secondary situation where it's like, oh, this person just wants uh-huh. to fuck. Yeah, the time that you've brought that up before, Steve, in terms of uh, polyamory and open relationships is just like the time factor because you have like one thing, one yeah. person that usually that you're trying to really invest mm-hmm. in and then your career is like a whole other partner. Yeah, to have a, to have a second <laughs> partner is like asking it's, for it, a lot. It really it. is. Yeah, yeah, you need to be really willing to do it. Like like I, I, I know with Gabby, she really is measured about it. Like she's, she's not just going to be like all right, next, you know, let's, I'm going to find a girl. Like she lets it happen organically because if, if I, she's for as much as I have on my plate, my, excuse me, mine's like a lot more, um, like my schedule is a little more fixed in some ways, mm-hmm. even with shows, if they pop up at night, you just know they're at night. Like mm-hmm. that's a, that's even a constant for her. She is like, doing her YouTube channel. She's like pitching stuff and she's flying to make an appearance press somewhere. For shit. Press yeah. for stuff. Like she's all over the place, you know? And and so hers is much more chaotic. And, and so at least the advantage of me being on a stricter schedule is that she can, she has more flexibility with me. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I think that helps a lot too. Like if my schedule is a little more like anarchy, I, I, I'm not saying it still wouldn't work, but I, I just mean like, 
that at least helps. But I, I'm curious, you know, it, it would be a lot even more of us having to communicate even more of like what's going on this day. And that, you know, you really have to, she also did something very smart, which is she puts her partners on a Google calendar. Really? So we know her schedule. <laughs> and let me tell you, that to me takes a lot of balls because most people like their, their shit private. Yeah. Even in relationships, they want, you know, but to her, she's like, well, I just want you guys to know what I'm doing. And so like also because she also just doesn't want to worry about like if someone's not answering the phone or, you know, like you, you can be more conscious of like, it's really smart. Um, and she knows what my schedule is. I'll let her know during the week. Like she knows my work schedule, but uh -huh. like in terms of when I have shows and stuff, I'll, I'll let her know. Uh -huh. and, or she'll just check in with me like, hey, is this your free night or, or what night? Because she's planning something with, with her girlfriend or, you know. So how does the dynamic work? And I'm sure this is case by case, but like with your poly family or whatever. Like yeah, because yeah, yeah. there's like, like, do you have a relationship with her girlfriend or like? I mean, we're, we're, uh, we're, we have like each other's numbers and we text if we need to and stuff. We're not like by any means like super close, but mm -hmm. it's not, um, you know. It's a unique relationship in a lot of ways because it's almost like a triad. Mm -hmm. um, but she, like, yeah, we, no, no, we talked. Have you ever We're, talked to her? Um, have you guys ever had coffee? Uh, not like one, we never like met up to just sit down and hang out. However, I did put together when Gabby did a, um, when she was finishing her tour, I did, like, she, she, like, her girlfriend surprised her out of state once at one of the airports to like hang out with her for mm -hmm. the day she she told me way beforehand which was great oh i like, saw that like, on instagram yeah, that's yeah. so, so when cute she, when she did the surprise <laughs> she texted me about a week before and was like listen this is gonna happen don't tell her she's like i just want to make sure did you have anything planned that because we're flying back like we're gonna be on the same flight back are you seeing her that night like i don't want to come in and suddenly you're like waiting there like uh -huh. and i i was like oh cool that's great that you checked in and then i put together she and I met up and I made like a little, a photo frame that is like a two-sided photo frame and I put each, each of our pictures on oh it. Oh my oh, God. Oh, that's and, You guys uh, are so sweet and, and respectful. So I, te I texted her, I was like, hey, let's, I know you have a Polaroid camera, let's take a picture with your Polaroids and put this, like, and give this to Gabby. And so, and I'm taking full credit for the idea because it's too good of an idea to share. <laughs> uh, at, the, at the time when we were to get, when we were like presented it to her that night, I was like, and she was running late and I was like, please don't tell me we have to hold on to this present until after the fucking show. This is like burning a hole in my pocket. And, uh, and like she, she showed up and we, and at first she was like joking about how like we did it together, but she like, she gave me the, the bulk of the credit. She was like, you know, I was like, well, I was like, she has the camera. I have the, I went and got the photo frame, but I had the idea. I have the brain. <laughs> yeah. In this situation. So, so it's not like we don't, we definitely talk. I mean, we, we're not like, uh, hanging out one-on-one -on -one too often, but, uh, that's also, I think part of its time. Mm -hmm. Like she's also newer to the relationship. So I, I, I'm sure she's like, um, I kind of let her like, it's the same thing with my past relationships. I kind of let her set the pace on that. I'll just occasionally reach out for stuff. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I think also Gabby's okay with that. Like, that's that's just, I think, what she wants to. Mm -hmm. Actually, you know what? I'm sure if she could really have it her way, she would want everybody living in the same house. <laughs> but it's all still very new to everybody. So, yeah. Uh-huh. And is... I. I don't, you might not even know, is it the, the, her girlfriend's first poly relationship? It is. Yeah. Um, I, I, that's why I also don't want to speak too much to knowing what her, she's still like, you know, Gabby kind of introduced her to it. I, I don't know, like in terms of open relationships or things like that, but I know like in terms of a, a full on relationship yeah. that I, I, I do believe it's her first. Interesting. Um, so 
let's go back to these sex parties. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go to one. So I'm like <laughs> right now and, and do the podcast from there. Let's finish the podcast there. Yeah. Sex parties are fun, man. They are. Like yeah. a, Have like, you been? Steve? Oh yeah, of course. I was the, the first person I ever talked to was about a comedian about this. I didn't even go to my friends. I asked Steve about it. Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember this? Yeah. At the Lexington. That's funny. Yeah. I approached you at the Lexington back, back like in the in the outside area, and I was like, hey man, I uh, I just went to a party, and you. And you were like, oh, okay, so you're at that lot. I should think he's like, I knew you were into some shit, but you're like into it. <laughs> yeah, they're fun. I might, I might be ready to go back to some too because they really are just fun. And it's like uh, it's like being on drugs because your your senses just are not. Used I just to want to say something. Yes, but saying that when I took to get when I took Gabby to her to one and we left, she told me she was like, that's she's she said that felt like a high. Oh yeah, but are people on actual drugs at these things? Not no. generally, no. no. Yeah, I mean, like they, a lot of drinking, or no? I mean, they have drinks. You have to BYO for that. Yeah, um, you, you, they, they won't serve there. I think that's also just in case the cops show up. Yeah, but um, what they, they typically, what you typically do uh, is you'll go to a party. Uh, even for couples, it'll be fifty to seventy-five dollars, and then you bring your own booze. And then uh, they have a bartender there in a bar. Mm-hmm. They put your name on the thing, and you just tell them, "Oh, we can we have this? My name's Hernandez." And then they pour your drinks and stuff too. And uh, the first mansion party I went to um, was like it was in a mansion, and uh, they like <laughs> I got that. Part. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> was it in LA? Like in no, LA it was proper? like uh, a lot of these things happen. I've never been to stuff out here in LA. When I was going, because I was living in West Covina, a lot of it happens like in Corona, Riverside. Like right. That That's most of, of them that I've gone to. I've never, it's never been a 10 minute drive. It's, yeah. it's, it takes. Oh, I, really? Yeah. It's at least, I mean, there are a few in the valley that I found, but they're usually minimum 20 to 30 minute drives. Yeah. They're either, they're either deep in the valley or very east, east LA or Inland Empire. Yeah. Um, it, it, there are ones that are closer. I remember there was one we went to somewhere in east LA that was uh, from, from where Gabby lived a 20, 25 minute drive without traffic. Like it was a very quick drive, but it's still like, that's not a quick trip. Like you're, sure. if you're making a whole night out of it, round trip, that's an hour minimum of, of the night. So like you have to cut, you have to plan accordingly. Yeah. Um, Yours was at a mansion? Yeah, was, ours was at a mansion and there was like a club. They turned the living room, dining room area into like a club thing with like a DJ and lights and all that stuff. They have a stripper pole? Uh, yeah, I'm sure they did. Yeah, they yeah. usually add that. That's standard. They had a jacuzzi somewhere yep. around there. Um, and you go and you kind of drink and just like hang out and walk. And then we went, there was kind of an open room with like a like three or four mattresses together. And people were kind of fooling around that. But then there was different rooms uh, as well. And I remember one, the first party we went to, we didn't have sex with anyone else. But there was maybe three beds. Oh, really? You went and just had sex with each other? Yeah, but I mean, it was enough. That, that can get, yeah, that can, I mean, just watching other people and knowing you're like in public is, is in and of a thing. It, it, it's one of its own thing. I couldn't even, I can't even speak. I'm so excited. <laughs> in and of itself, it's its own thing. Like it's, 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 it's voyeurism and exhibitionism. Sure, sure. And also knowing like this, this thing that you're all like doing. And part of it for me is, that and and this was a lot of the appeal to Gabby too. Um, she had talked about this on another podcast. Is that you don't have to fucking get anyone's number if you don't want to. Like you do that and you leave. It's like it's just like a it's it's this. It's like you're literally stepping in another world for a few hours. Yeah, I mean it was awesome. There was like yeah. on, in that one room there was maybe three beds across, and across there was like two beds. But I remember fucking the person I was with doggy style, 
and looking across at the other bed and another woman was getting fucked doggy style and her me and her were looking at each other's eyes that's great which is like that's yeah this is fantastic. the coolest fucking thing in the yeah. world like it's great to be American so how are <laughs> how does like safe sex work in this environment yeah, everybody, 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 everybody brings, brings their condoms. own gun really yeah. uh, no, I'm just kidding. there's uh, condoms everywhere yeah, there's, there are, there, there's condoms everywhere and, and you are people using them for real yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely okay. oh that's a big I mean if you don't there that's a real like that's a no no Okay. People don't like... I mean, if you're a couple and you want to do what you want and people... I mean, it's all consent. Yeah. I mean, if you've... I've I've played with couples where we don't use stuff, but that's like off-site. That's like we set up a date. Yes, that's but when, when you go to a sex party or a sex club, everyone's using condoms. Yeah, There's like I, not a question. Yeah. There was one party that I did go to where I saw it happen once where they didn't. This, the, and this, the woman said, I, I heard because someone else asked... She goes, oh, this is one of my regular guys. Like we we play outside of here, but that's not that's still the same thing as them. They clearly just wanted to meet at this venue to do this, and then she stopped another guy and said, okay, you have to use a condom. Ah, oh, so, so people are very vocal about it, and like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I mean, for for for, I've never. I'm trying to think if there's another situation. I've never encountered another situation where anyone's been okay with it. I one time, I. Uh, and this is a whole separate conversation, so but if, feel free to ask about it. But if you want to finish sure, the sex party sure. stuff, I did play at an adult theater once, which has a similar. It's a little more anonymous, and 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 I don't know if you know how porn theaters work. No, there's theaters that just play porn, just like a movie theater would, and people mostly it's for guys cruising, but couples play there as well. And on occasion, single women will go to hook up with like a guy, but the. You usually have to use Craigslist to make that happen because okay. you just don't know who's going to be there and, and for safety reasons, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, and it depends on the laws of that specific town and where that theater operates. Because a lot of them will just operate essentially as a sex club. So it's just like open an open room with porn playing? Yeah, some of them are, are still legit converted movie theaters. They exist oh. They exist here. Um, a celebrity was busted at one a few years ago. But that it was bad timing. It wasn't... The, apparently the cops were raiding for drugs and alcohol because that particular place is like in a seedy part of town and it became like a shithole. Uh-huh. But it, but they you know he never put his dick away in time. Apparently I don't. This was like five six years ago. I want to say. I think it's even longer. It might have been longer. Yeah, it was yeah. a long time ago. But I remember because um, the way I got turned on to adult theaters was in a, was a a porn star had shot a scene in one, but she rented out the space, like the production team rented out a space and they paid male talent to show up, but she did this thing. And I was like, that is so fucking hot. Does that really exist? I'm sure not that specific, but, um, I went to the, and the ones in LA that I went to, I don't know. I feel like LA is such an outlier that I, I, I went to one in, um, and this is why I'd asked you, Steven told a joke on stage about going to like a, a a booth in an adult bookstore, oh. but I where where which one you went to, and I, I knew it wasn't the one because you said it was on Holt, and I realized the one I went to was not on Holt. But what was I the one you went to? On? Deja vu on Central. Ah, uh, yeah, no, no, it doesn't exist like, anymore, yeah, which is yeah, yeah. why I named it. I won't. I I, I don't want to name any that exist because I don't want to put like I don't know what the laws are in those sure. places. Most of them are like I know some places it doesn't matter because the cops aren't. Like the the laws don't extend enough. I, I like looked into it because my paranoia was always like, oh, what if I get arrested just for being here? And then I looked in, and I would a- I asked one of the clerks at, at one venue, and um, she said she's like, no, you can't get in trouble because. And then she went on a whole thing, and she's like, yeah, we've we wouldn't have that here if we couldn't right. have the you know that 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 wouldn't make sense business wise for us to have it. Um, but I I w- there was it's a strip club that was in 
Ontario. Yeah, I know where that deja vu is. Yeah, and it uh, it now doesn't exist anymore. It, it closed completely, but it had an adult theater upstairs, and uh, and that was the one where I was like, I saw a couple finally posted once that they were going to go, and I went, and sure enough, they were there. Um, but I'd gone a few other times, and I also liked going there because I was like, this is in L.A. If I like could make a night yes. out of it, I'd be like, okay, cool. I'm not in L.A. proper. I'm just going to fucking go, and whatever happens, happens. And I like um, the anonymous aspect of it, I, kind I, of. That that is so great. And I and what's funny is I thought of it initially from a very vain aspect, which was that I was like, well, if I ever become like a successful comedian that's like very well known, this won't follow me. But I was like, oh, you know, now I'm like, I want everyone to know where I went. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I want to embrace it because I feel like not enough comics do. But I'm getting very ahead of myself. I just wanted to go back to what Steve was talking about, which is that I remember there was one couple that played. And the woman at this theater like got against there's like this this like four foot partition she put her hands on and bent over and I was like and I realized I'm like oh I don't have a condom and the guy was like no no don't use a condom and I'm like mm, no and they they immediately were like all right well thanks for playing and I was like damn it really also, it like, was a deal breaker that they didn't that you wanted for to specifically use yeah well that that because I didn't have my own if I had my own I, if I actually had my own it was fine it ended up being this is the weird part a little while later um, I went and bought. Like, because there's a sex shop right outside. I went and bought them, and then I, I showed her, and they said no thanks. And I was like, really? And then a few minutes later, I guess because no one else had shown up to play, the woman was like, okay, you can put the condom on, and we can. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> they had to lower their standards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so funny. I felt so used. Which maybe that was part of the appeal. Um, <laughs> do you do you notice any like? Um, uh, yeah, I hope this doesn't come off right, but like uh, common tropes or anything with like that happened in the sex party that's like i don't even know what i'm searching for here what do you mean by tropes like in terms of like uh just different dynamics that you see like happening over and over again or like well one thing i will say that it's the women's women are in charge there really even if the guy puts the party together because they want women to feel safe there and I would say the self-policing is so good. I mean, we were at one place where Gabby was getting catcalled and we told on, the, we were like, this guy is, you know, and they were like, all right, gone. Really? Yeah, because yeah. they, they don't want, especially if it's a place where single guys are allowed. They want, you know, it's like, if 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 women aren't there, that's half your party, literally, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and there are other parties also that are even more inclusive that I, there was a party we went to once that had also, um, you know, trans people were playing mm -hmm. and non-binary and all that you know it, it, the whole entire spectrum was was allowed there was no and it's not to say that is that common i don't think so i don't I think, think so, a lot yeah. of sex parties i've been to it's very women can play with each other but it's it's very taboo usually for oh, men, oh for, for by men. men i didn't even think about that yeah that's so funny i like jumped too progressively <laughs> uh, yeah no that's true uh there are it, it, unless it's a specific party that's like for by guys to also play at um, yeah, there's no, it's like if guys are playing, they don't, they don't like it. They'll say, they'll be like, well, um, it's funny because they think making this declaration <clears throat> excuses them. They'll be like, oh, but I mean, we're not against it. It's just not here. And it's like, well, then you are against it. <laughs> right. Like, you know, which if, if that's what the party is, that's fine. But they, there is still a level of that, that clearly, I don't know. I, I've also been to parties. I was at a party once where it was like by play was allowed, but I remember how oh, it was at it was at a venue in Van Nuys. It was I believe it was a house party, and I was I was uh, this woman was going down on me, and her husband grabbed my dick, and I was like, nope, and I, I was because it doesn't do anything for me, and uh, I remember thinking I was like, he should have still asked. 
Yeah. Like ah. the consent still applies, but it was in, uh, but I, I, I think also I wasn't upset. I was I didn't feel like violated. Sure. I, I think some of that's systemic, but like also part of it is like, I knew that I was like, oh, I'm at this party that doesn't happen very often where like clearly bi guys were allowed and he was probably so excited in the moment he just assumed like that's right. the play. So, you know, the generally the rule at parties is that you only have to say no once, you know, because, oh. because if something like sometimes people just get so caught up in the moment, like if you say no once, that's enough. You sure. Know? That's a good rule. The, yes. the, the, the rule is, uh, the, the real rule is ask first, but you only have to say no once. That's kind of the, the policy. I wish these sex party rules would just apply in the world. I wish more people went to sex parties because <laughs> I feel like the rules would apply more in the world, right? The, That's why I'm all for them. Yeah, it sounds sounds great. Do you have other questions, Steve? Man. Yeah, I just, you know, I always like talking about this stuff and I'm bringing it up and I know I do it in my relationship, but it's the idea that like monogamy is uh, the given, I think is a really, it's a terrible plague on romantic relationships. Yes, sir. Yeah. Thank I, I mean, I, I don't, yeah. and I don't want to, yeah, I don't, I don't think that if you want to choose to be monogamous with someone or at, for a time and all these things, I think it's good to talk about. I think it's very strange that we place so much value on sex. Um, uh, it's it, the only reason why I talk about this stuff and why I joke about it so much too is because I, I think. You know, it's there's just so much bullshit surrounding it. So it's good to mm -hmm. speak truth to it. And even I, with with Julia and stuff like that, I, it's okay to say, yeah, I want to be monogamous for a while. But Julia's even told me, well, if you ever want to date someone or have sex with someone, just tell me about it. Oh, I, I want to say something to that, which yeah. is that there's also just no substitute for time. Sometimes these things just take, like, you're not going to get to it, like, until maybe a year or two in because that person needs to get used to the... Mm -hmm part that's getting used to like being just like okay this is our relationship every day and i understand that there are just right. needs because monogamy is actually maybe they'll realize like yeah maybe monogamy is not because i think after a certain while you realize that life is super long and that you're like oh well this is the if this is going to be the rest of my life right. with one person that's why people start cheating the pressure really sets in and uh and like also, I mean, I have a joke about it where I say, you know, for people who like while I'm doing bits about being poly or being in this poly relationship, I'll say like, well, monogamy is a fetish, too. Uh -huh. you, you're going to put this pressure on this one person. That's a fetish. Uh, it's mostly a joke because I want both sides to be feel validated. But also, like, I do think there's almost like a fetishistic thing to like locking one person down and this person which is like that girl i talked to at the bar it's like what is so important to you why yeah, does yeah. it bother you so much that someone would want to have sex with someone else it's a very I, childish childlike way to look at the thing i oh, think sure. if she entered into a thing i mean we don't know what's going on with this girl but if she thought she was in a monogamous thing and then no, but felt it was, like someone was Lying yeah, I'm to not. Her. I'm never talking about dishonesty. I'm never yeah. talking about lying. Those have nothing to do with those these things. I'm talking about. But I think a lot of people. Not but that's this what girl, she's saying. Not about this girl cheating. particular. I think people still sure. regular yeah. people uh, worship this idea that oh, I should be everything to you, especially sexually. Because yeah, you, I guess you could be friends with them, but if you dare put your body part inside them, oh, don't you dare! And they yeah. they don't know why they feel that way. Uh, and they don't talk about it, and they don't think about it. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, I, I think it causes people to cheat. It causes people to lie. Because, dude, if someone just maybe wants to have sex with someone once a year, but they really love you as a partner and everything, but you have this weird 
Because a lot of people I've spoken to are like that. If you have this weird thing where it's like, don't you ever even bring this up to me? It's so insulting to me. They take oh, it so personal. Yeah. But that's how most people are. Yeah, a lot of it has to do with, yeah, and people try to deal with that in ultimatums. I, I talk, Gabby and I talk yeah. about this a lot. We were like, because I, I, I never will throw, like to me, the mistake in polyamory, if you people are thinking, whoever's listening is deciding it, is you can't be like, well, it's me or them. Unless you've made a decision that like you're the primary partner. Like it's it's very tricky, but like I think in monogamy that happens a lot too, where you're like, you have to do this or I'm out. Rather than being like, do what you want. And then if this doesn't work for me, I'm gonna fucking leave. Because then that then that puts the assignment on the other person. Oh, I, I like mean, that. You know, it's okay to like demand things, like in terms right. of like 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 asking for things and being like, okay, this is what I need, but also like people don't People don't change. Like people, people evolve. Sure, that's the mistake. Like I've always found, and I'm speaking for myself. I can be hypocritical about that, but like, like I feel like you can't. Like the word change is when you're talking about a pair, like a pair of pants. You're going to change out of a mm -hmm. pair of pants. Like so, you're applying that to a person that a person can change. I think that like people can evolve, and I don't. I, I work on that as much as I can, but I'm I'm far from perfect about it you know yeah. but I, I do think the ultimatum is the mistake in a lot of monogamy yeah, and, or polyamory and shutting down the conversation from Ugh. the beginning because really it is like i love that putting the onus back on you yeah. of just like does this work for me like i think it's similar to sexuality like some people are more hardwired to be hetero or you know, homosexual, yes. maybe not enough people ask themselves in the middle, like, you know. Well, here's a question for you guys in regards to that. Like, do either of you, how do you guys perceive male, male, female threesomes? Because some people, like, let's say it's an entirely hetero, like, like there's the idea isn't that it's a bisexual threesome mm -hmm. with, with the two guys making contact. I think that it's, it's hot. It's focusing on one girl and, um, it, and the only contact is incidental that is often still considered a bi thing. I've been told that someone told me once, like, well, if you need well, a guy- Well, I don't want to ruin his bit, but Eli has a whole bit about this. So yeah. well, I've been about an experience. Right, right. But that's a little, but, but it's saying with two like straight men, because I've been, I, I've been in threesomes with a girl where there's a straight guy, but people will say like, well, if you need another guy involved for it to turn you on, then that's, uh, that's a bi act, or that means you're not 100% straight. And it's like, well, let me ask you this. What happens when we're watching porn then? Is that an entirely bi act by that logic? Does that make sense? Do you get what I'm to saying? Totally. I've met, a, I've met a guys who say, oh, I only watch POV porn for that reason. It's still, it's another dick. I so, feel like so, if you're avoiding it that hard, like maybe. You've got some questions. Maybe you got some questions. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if we need to like classify it that. Like, I'm always just curious. I mean, I mean, I've had long talks with my my girlfriend and other people about it. Like, it to me, my my thing is, it's like in in like action versus desire. Mm -hmm. Like, what is it that you like? If I'm if I'm with this, if I'm having this threesome, but my desire is it's about the woman, but it's like a thing where it's it's being shared. That's that's desire. That's not action. I, I mean, like, if, you know. Oh, well, then I I think you and I were just talking about this the other night. Then too is that um, yeah, I don't think I'm gay. I think I am queer. Um, yeah, we, I, we did I, talk about. I this have had sex with guys, uh, and especially I really like group situations with that stuff. And I really think that I will have more. Uh, mm -hmm. I will have sex with guys more in the future at some point. Um, 
But to me, it's just, uh, I just don't think I'm gay. It's, I just, I like fucking, I like the action of it, but I don't desire men. I don't. I look, get that. I don't yeah. look at a clavicle. You know, that was sure, one of my jokes. But I think jokes. identifying as queer is fine for that. You know? Yeah, well, that's why I say I'm queer yeah. is because I like, it's so outside of the box. So right. queer, if meaning queer means strange or weird. Yeah, I don't play by anybody's rules. <laughs> you but don't my have own. to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I think that, like, for me, I identify as straight, but it's, I, I, I definitely had periods where I experimented mm-hmm. and with guys. And so it doesn't mm-hmm. leave, I don't know. It's not a, um, it, it, you know, it's people who who argue that gender is fluid. That is the fluidity right there. Or sex, excuse me, sexuality is fluid. Is That's the fluidity of it. Is like, uh, you know, maybe at one point I probably would have identified as that. But I think I identify as straight because mostly everything that I do, even if it involves other men, is is in service of yeah. uh, uh, what I think is heterosexuality. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even really experiment. But I think, like, that would be the same for me like Mm -hmm. I you know I could do probably a girl girl threesome even though like I'm not really into women but for the yeah experience does that make sense yes yes it's tricky territory because I pose that question just I'm curious because we I mean it also can lead to like what Gabby talks about a lot which is internalized biphobia because people will say I do this thing but I'm not this this way you know, people will uh-huh. say like, I have these threesomes, but I'm not bi. Yes. Um, but that's different because uh, like to me, like if I was having three, if I was having threesomes where I was say the, the, the man was involved and we were all having sex, uh-huh. then I do think, okay, then, and, and if I were to cop up and say, well, it's just the action and I still was identifying as like completely straight, that's fraudulent. Yes. You know, so that's yes. that's why I was, I, I guess the question was more for Steve overall because he had, had but we, we had talked, sorry, <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean to like, I just realized, I'm like, well, Courtney, take a walk. Oh, yeah. No, I, I didn't even and mean I, it that like way. I said, I, I've thought about this. I would identify as bi, I guess, but I just don't have any interest in uh, being romantic with a man in any way. Right. And I, I guess the, and that's. And I've never really looked at a man. Um, you know, even I, I, Channing Tatum just popped in my head. I get that he's a beautiful man and yeah. everything, but I just don't think of him like that. I don't see Channing oh, Tatum. Yeah. And I don't an, get turned on by Channing Tatum. That's sure. an interesting thing as a woman is that we sexualize women so much in our culture that I think even like the straightest girls kind of are, I don't know. Oh, that's interesting. Just the that's way. That's a very good point. Yeah. It just, just spills the, over just because we sexualize so much. Just because we are so like rating people and like doing that in our culture. I just think we are like naturally. That yeah. you, you get some spillover from that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. For sure. So you're even, you've even bought into the sexualization of certain women and you're like, oh, wow. I definitely yeah. make yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even did. think about that. You're right. Yeah. That is part of, that's huge. But because, it's so widespread that it's like you can't, like. Absolutely. It's, oh yeah, that's like, I mean, that's, that's every billboard and every, I mean, just the, the suggestions of it, you know what I mean? So it's like, is that sexy? Yes, that's sex, you know, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, There's this great, I I just started digging into it, but this book called Not Gay, it's written by this woman named Jane Ward, which we want to have you on the show. Oh, Um, if you're listening, come (laughs) um, on over. uh, But she, she has this whole theory that's like, why... Frat guys do the kind of hazing that they do and, you know, other kind of like cultural things like that are set up because like even in hetero culture, we want to explore these things that are 
I think everything that guys do is phallic based. Like whatever it is, <laughs> if it's fraternite, like hazing, football games, I mean, chest bumping, like all that kind of shit. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. It, it, you can you can sexualize the shit out of it if you really step back. You can really yeah. see where the because it's still like it's the idea of I never understood this. Like I got in an argument once with someone when I when I had a, a day job in a at a for a movie uh-huh. and like like working in in the production office. This guy was like, "Well, I like three. I hate three hundred. I hate that fucking movie so much." And uh, uh, he argued. He's like, "Well, it's one of the last movies that I feel like we're like." guys can go watch it. Like, well, guys can go watch it. And be like, he's, he's like, you know, now it's like these like androgynous Ryan Gosling pretty boys. And I was like, dude, I'm like, thank God that era's over for one. But two, I was like, that's more homoerotic than anything yeah. that Ryan Gosling has done short of playing a gay guy on something if I don't know of it. But like, you know, I mean, like 300 is just the movie. It's like abs, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and short and right below the abs, if you were to pull off the sticker, it's just dick swinging. You know what I mean? That's so funny that he was like, that's, that's the real straight shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> buddy, it's so, it's so, it's so far from that, that, that line is anything but straight. And, uh, I just remember thinking though, I was like, oh, that's, that's porn in a way. It's macho porn. So what is, I mean, you could even look at, I, I mean, Fight Club has a lot of those implications, even though it became um, like, a, it became a movie for guys who like movies. It became uh-huh. this, like I, the, the message is so misread to me in that movie, but there's like- Well, a, the thing that it almost like the people who love it are the people the movie was making a commentary on. Yes. It's almost like white, uh, white male anger- could be hijacked for any cause. I mean, the book the book was written by a gay man. Yeah, you know he's oh he's, really oh Chuck Palahniuk's out. Oh yeah, so it's like uh, it's very interesting when people take that. I mean, half yeah, I could really get into this, but di- even Disney movies, half the people working at Disney that direct shit or produce it are not straight. Interesting. And I just want to state, even though I don't identify as bi, if you're a man and you feel you can sweep me off my feet. Uh, just follow me on Insta. I'm oh, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Give it a whirl. I'm just kidding. I mean, you know, you got to be beefy, okay? <laughs> I feel yeah. like, yeah, we could do a whole other episode. And then but... you have to get through Julia. So that's another thing. Yeah. I don't think she'll have it. But, but we can give it a shot. Um, so people can, your, the Pleasure Chest. Uh-huh. I have a monthly show called Performance Anxiety at the Pleasure Chest. Um, it's really, it's really great. It's always, uh, it's there's always a full crowd in their game, and it's super fun. It's comedy in a sex shop. It's second Tuesday of every month if you're in Los Angeles. I dated a stand up a while back, and he, on one of our first dates, brought me a dick pop. From after there, your show. oh nice. <laughs> I love hearing how all this. I mean, that must have, that, that must have been like years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was I like mean, when you just start. Shows have show's been running for six and a half years, so yeah, it's been like uh, it's been great, and it's still great. Um, yeah, that's there, and at Eli Olsberg on social media. Awesome. Yeah. Well, maybe you'll have to come back and please do. Yeah. Enlighten us some more. Yeah. Oh, oh, I thought you were gonna reference coming going to the show, but yeah, I would love to come back anytime. This was so fun. Yeah. Thank, thank you guys you. for having me. Bye.